Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of erythema infectiosum, also known as fifth disease, found under the pediatric section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A four-year-old boy presents to the urgent care clinic for a new rash. His mother reports that the rash started on both of his cheeks yesterday, but since then, he has developed a rash on his trunk. On physical exam, he has a slap cheek appearance and has a maculopapular rash on his trunk with some areas having a lacy or reticular appearance. The physician advises him to stay home while he is still contagious and to stay away from pregnant women. Let's continue with an introduction to erythema infectiosum or fifth disease. In terms of its classification, Remember that this is due to parvovirus B19, which is a non-enveloped, linear, single-stranded DNA virus. It causes a variety of diseases, such as aplastic crisis in patients with red blood cell disorders, pure red blood cell aplasia in adults, rheumatoid arthritis-like symptoms in adults, erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease, in children, and hydrops fatalis in fetuses if pregnant women are infected and transmission is via respiratory droplets. In terms of the epidemiology, this is highest in the winter and spring seasons. Demographically, it tends to affect children more often than adults. Risk factors include sickle cell disease, thalassemia, hereditary spherocytosis, and close proximity to others, such as in the school or daycare center setting. In terms of the pathogenesis, The virus infects red blood cells through the P antigen. Viral replication in bone marrow causes the death of erythroid progenitor cells, and it causes hydrops fatalis in fetuses due to severe fetal anemia. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms may include a prodrome with flu-like symptoms, hydrops fatalis and fetal death in pregnant women, and polyarthropathy, especially of the small joints such as the hands, which is typically the only symptom in adults. On exam in erythema infectiosum, there will first be a rash that appears as slapped cheeks. A subsequent rash is an erythematous maculopapular rash on the trunk and limbs, which may appear reticular or lacy. In terms of further studies, labs will demonstrate parvovirus-specific immunoglobulin M. There may be detection of parvovirus on polymerase chain reaction, and one may also note anemia. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about measles, with distinguishing factors being that patients will present with a confluent maculopapular rash without a slap cheeks rash, and there will be coplic spots on the buccal mucosa. Also think about rubella, with a distinguishing factor being that patients will present with a non-confluent maculopapular rash that spreads from the face to the body. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and it may be confirmed with laboratory studies. With regards to treatment, the mainstay of treatment is supportive care. Supportive care is indicated in all patients, and specific modalities include analgesics and hydration. Medical options include non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. This is indicated for polyarthropathy. And lastly, complications related to erythema infectiosum include myocarditis, Bichette syndrome, and aplastic crisis. Now that we've discussed the major points related to erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested.
For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 27-year-old woman presents to the emergency department for pain in multiple joints. She states that she had symmetric joint pain that started yesterday and has been worsening. It is affecting her wrists, elbows, and shoulders. She also endorses a subjective fever and some fatigue, but denies any other symptoms. The patient works as a school teacher and is generally healthy. She is currently sexually active with two male partners and uses condoms occasionally. Her temperature is 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 122 over 85. Pulse is 88 beats per minute. Respirations are 14 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Her laboratory values are within normal limits. Physical exam is notable for joint stiffness and pain in particular of the metacarpophalangeal, proximal interphalangeal, and wrist. The patient is discharged with ibuprofen. Four weeks later, the patient follows up at her primary care doctor and notes that her symptoms have improved and she is no longer taking any medications for symptom control. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Gonococcal arthritis Choice 2. Parvovirus B19 Choice 3. Rheumatoid arthritis Choice 4. Systemic lupus erythematosus Or Choice 5. Transient synovitis The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Parvovirus B19 This patient is presenting with mild systemic symptoms such as fever and fatigue, symmetric arthralgias, in particular of the MCP, PIP, and the wrist, and a career such as a school teacher that exposes her to parvovirus, with symptoms that resolve over weeks to months, suggesting a diagnosis of a parvovirus B19 infection. Parvovirus B19 is classically known to cause aplastic crisis in sickle cell patients and the classic quote-unquote slapped cheek fever in pediatric patients. However, in healthy adults, the presentation of parvovirus B19 is often vague and it self-resolves without any sequelae. In adult patients, a common presentation is symmetric arthralgias, in particular of the MCP, PIP, and the wrist, and perhaps a low-grade fever or malaise without other significant findings. Since this is a viral condition, the treatment is supportive in nature, such as ibuprofen for pain, and the condition tends to self-resolve over weeks to months. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Gonococcal arthritis, such as the disseminated form, typically presents in sexually active patients with fever and joint pain, which can include the knee, shoulder, or wrist, with a hot and inflamed joint. Patients can also have a peripheral rash with erythematous macules and hemorrhagic pustules. Choice 3. Rheumatoid arthritis typically presents in a middle-aged woman with symmetric joint pain that is worse in the morning and improves throughout the day. In this patient, it is highly possible for her to have this diagnosis given her symmetric joint pain and low-grade fever. However, the sudden onset and gradual resolution of symptoms with no other interventions points away from this chronic condition. Choice 4. Systemic lupus erythematosus can manifest with many different presentations. However, 
one of the most common presentations is arthralgias in a young or middle-aged woman. Other organ systems that could be affected include the skin and mucous membranes, gegesericitis, malar rash, and discoid rash, the hematologic symptom, which presents with autoimmune hemolytic anemia, the kidney, which results in acute kidney injury, and the neurologic system, which may present with depression, psychosis, and mood changes, among many others. This patient only has arthralgias that improve on their own. Choice 5. Transient synovitis typically presents in children after a viral infection, and it can present with hip pain, limping, and an antalgic gait. The diagnosis can resemble septic arthritis, so a high level of suspicion for this serious condition must be maintained, and if suspected, tests like ESR or CRP level, MRI, or arthrocentesis should be performed if clinically indicated. Finally, a bullet summary. In adults, parvovirus B19 typically presents with mild systemic symptoms such as fever, fatigue, and malaise, and symmetric arthralgias which self-resolve over weeks to months. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A seven-year-old boy is brought in by his mother after he developed a rash which has a slap cheek appearance. On interview, you learn that four days ago your patient had a fever of 100 degrees Fahrenheit, a headache, coryza, and diarrhea. Besides the rash, the patient has no other complaints. It is recorded that his vaccinations are up to date. With regards to the rash, which of the following is the best treatment? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Reassure the parent that the rash is self limiting. Choice 2 red blood cell transfusion. Choice three, monoclonal antibody against tumor necrosis factor alpha. Choice four, guanosine analog that leads to viral DNA polymerase inhibition. Or choice five, vitamin A administration. The best answer to this question is, choice one, reassure the parent that the rash is self-limiting. The patient's slap cheek appearance is suggestive of erythema infectiosum, also known as fifth disease. Erythema infectiosum is caused by parvovirus B19, a non-encapsulated, single-stranded linear DNA virus. Erythema infectiosum is benign skin rash that commonly presents with a mild fever. Nonspecific prodromal symptoms correspond with viremia. These symptoms include low-grade fever, headache, nausea, coryza, and diarrhea. 48 to 72 hours later, the slap cheek malar rash appears, followed by a lace-like rash found on the trunk and extremities. Joint pain and or arthritis is more typical in adults. It is important to note that parvovirus B19 can cause transient aplastic crisis in patients with blood cell diseases such as sickle cell disease. Infections of the fetus can cause non-immune hydrops fatalis or intrauterine demise. The publication by Survey et al. states that a clinical diagnosis can be made if erythema infectiosum is present. However, if laboratory testing is needed, B19-specific antibody testing and viral DNA testing can be performed. Serum IgM testing in immunocompetent patients is recommended to diagnose acute viral infection due to its high sensitivity and specificity. Erythema infectiosum does not require treatment because it is self-limiting.
The publication by Berlin et al. discusses the clinical aspects of parvovirus B19 infection. Parvovirus B19 infection is associated with erythema infectiosum, arthropathy, and the onset of many autoimmune disorders, such as systemic lupus erythematosus. Patients that have an increased red cell turnover are susceptible to transient aplastic crises, with this infection secondary to bone marrow suppression. In the immunocompromised, bone marrow suppression can be persistent, resulting in chronic anemia. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Blood transfusions would be indicated in transient aplastic crisis. Choice 3. Infliximab is a monoclonal antibody against tumor necrosis factor alpha. This medication is used in conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis. Choice 4. Acyclovir, phalacyclovir, and famcyclovir are guanosine analogs which inhibit viral DNA polymerase. These medications are used for herpes simplex and varicella zoster viral infections. Choice 5. Vitamin A administration is recommended for patients with measles infections. For the third question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 7-year-old Caucasian boy is brought to your clinic with a 2-day complaint of fatigue and easy bruising. The patient has been healthy up until this point, except for a cold one week before. On physical exam, the patient has a slap cheek appearance rash. A complete blood count is performed, which demonstrates white blood cells of 7,000 per millimeter cubed, hemoglobin of 8.0 grams per deciliter, and platelets of 200,000 per millimeter cubed. Further workup via hemoglobin electrophoresis reveals absent levels of hemoglobin S and normal levels of hemoglobin A2. Which of the following comorbidities is most likely in this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Vitamin D deficiency Choice 2. Beta-thalassemia minor Choice 3. Sickle cell disease Choice 4. Human immunodeficiency virus infection Or Choice 5. Hereditary spherocytosis The best answer to this question is Choice 5. Hereditary spherocytosis. This patient was infected with parvovirus B19 and developed a transient aplastic crisis, that is, anemia only, unlike aplastic anemia, which causes pancytopenia, due to a history of hereditary spherocytosis. Parvovirus B19 is a single-stranded DNA virus that has various clinical presentations in infected humans. The most recognizable presentation of parvovirus is erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease. Fifth disease presents with characteristic slap cheeks appearance. Individuals with the history of sickle cell disease, HIV, iron deficiency anemia, or hereditary spherocytosis are at an increased risk of developing aplastic crisis, which results in a decreased red blood cell production, causing anemia only. In contrast, aplastic anemia results in pancytopenia. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Vitamin D deficiency is associated with anemia and chronic kidney disease, but not with aplastic anemia. Choice 2. Hemoglobin A2 levels are typically increased in beta-thalassemia minor. Choice 3. Sickle cell disease would present with high levels of hemoglobin S. Choice 4. HIV co-infection with parvovirus is unlikely in this patient as he has been healthy up to this point. 
That's all for this review about erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.